0: Hey, this is Adam Green, creator of the Hatchet franchise and the TV show Holliston. And you are listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that runs from the shadows of the night, but only when being chased by the shadows of the night. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're closing out the month of August by dressing to the nines as we prepare for the night of our lives as we close out our month-long look into education and talk 2008's Dance of the Dead. And whether or not you can pin a corsage correctly or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your corsage hole. <laughs> and of course, you can stay up to date with us on social media. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, Genius, it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and
1: enchanted evening shenanigans.
0: (laughs) This this episode is releasing on Friday, August 27th. Head on over to ScreenLand.com where they have your enchanted genre needs taken care of indoors, outdoors, and virtually. And boy, oh boy, (laughs) that very Friday, our latest Friday Night Fright Genius Mm -hmm. is one that we actually talked about Back in uh, 2020s, Into the Mouth of March Madness Tournament. hmm And it was actually a participant. It was not an honorable mention. It no. was one that we actually, it, it competed. And it went well.
1: Well, and did it? I can't remember. Did it advance? No, it knocked out in the first round, but the fact that it got on the bracket <laughs> is pretty good.
0: Well, the very fact that it's a film that we always ask uh, any first-timers out there, but then we also ask if anyone actually saw it during its original theatrical run. Mm-hmm. And this time it's kind of a trick question because it never got a theatrical run. Right. Cherry Falls was made direct for TV technically. Hmm. for TV? Yes. Yes, for the USA network. Really? Yes. Which is interesting because it has a different feel and we definitely and we champion the movie because it's quirky as all get out. Yeah, it is. For the fact that it comes out in the year 2000. In the year 2000. And it very feels, has the 90s aesthetic still, but it's quirky enough to go, okay, this is something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Has the late, great Brittany Murphy.
1: Oh, yeah. Killing it in that role. Killing it. And
0: genre fave, Michael Bean. (coughs) So it's a movie, I guarantee a lot of people are going to be seeing it for the first time. Good. Yes. Because it's a good movie. It's a
1: fun slasher.
0: And we get to experience it in the theater. That's rad. I'm super excited for that. Now, the following Friday... Our other Friday Night Fright technically also competed in the 2018 Into the Mouth of March Madness Tournament, Uh, and this one is a blast. Now, if you have any kind of pet trauma, this is one you want to avoid, Mm -hmm. because Urban Legend has that scene of an urban legend that I'd never heard of, so I think they made that up for the movie.
1: No, I've heard of that urban legend. You have? Yeah.
0: Really? Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. Apparently we live on the other side of the tracks. Oh, oh
1: the old dog in the microwave? I've heard of that.
0: <laughs> well, Urban Legend definitely competed and is a blast. I cannot wait to see that one up on the big screen. Now, the other repertory screenings that are going on this weekend, genius. <laughs> this one wouldn't compete. This is we we could technically probably by argumentation do an an actual episode on this movie. Mhm. But how long has it been since you've seen uh, David Lynch's Blue Velvet? Ooh. I
1: hosted it about two years ago. Did you? Yes.
0: <laughs> it's a phenomenal film. Tough to watch. Yeah, it is. There are some moments, but Dennis Hopper in that movie.
1: Don't you fucking look at me!
0: Ooh. Bullshit. Paps Blue Ribbon. It, I remember Mr. Bungle, in their first album, they, they were um, sampling a lot of music clips They've got actually the boy from Phantasm in one of their songs, mm-hmm. but they pull a lot of Dennis Hopper from Blue Velvet, and that was my first introduction to it. So when I finally saw the film and I saw the actual context of everything, you're like, oh, is terrifying. He is just so next level crazy in that. So check that one out on the big screen. Now, some new releases that we're definitely going to be in the theater for. <laughs> And say the name five times, genius. No.
1: No, I'm not going to say it. Uh -uh.
0: (laughs) Never would here in this house or this podcast, but finally, the remake of Candyman. I'm
1: excited for this one. This Um, one looks great. I watched the first trailer,
0: and I've tried to avoid all the others because I am also very excited for this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, that Friday on um august 27th Uh, 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 i don't know if it's playing any other time of the week there genius but if
1: you go over (laughs) we had the um a movie broke me i was broken by a movie (laughs) when when even genius has seen too much nudity i'm done (laughs) you know
0: someone has done something very special And we had a chance to watch Glenn Danzig's (laughs) (laughs) Verotica, And had definitely an experience. (laughs) Le (laughs)
1: Neckbergale. Our
0: specialty might be his films, because uh, at 7 o'clock on the 27th, his latest film genius, Death Riders and the House of Vampires, will be
1: playing. (laughs) I can't wait.
0: And we're going to be there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And listen, we actually... I went to bat for Danzig, you know, I've always appreciated him as an artist, as, you know, a unique voice in rock and metal and... <laughs> Dude, Veronica's hard to sit through. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst part was, like, the stuff that, we, that got us through the movie, we could never do in a theater. No. <laughs> no. Which begs the question... Do we throw, is etiquette out? Because no, I'm going, I'm not going to respond.
1: If we ever did a mystery science live type thing or the roast of a movie, that's the only kind of movie we would have to show.
0: And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't because I just, but people are going to be reacting. And I know if, if, (laughs) if it turns the crowd against the film, at least we can say we were there. Boo. (laughs) A memory made at Screenland. <laughs> so uh, if you're not ready to go indoors well, will outdoors a number of other films here in fact that Friday whether or not we make fetch happen whether or not we see Amanda uh, Seyfried again Sierra uh, in, the back, in the back screen with Mean Girls Genius I fucking love Mean Girls it's so much fun mm-hmm. it is so much fun and then Saturday oh, a movie that defined the year of 1989 for me it defined my wardrobe it defined how I actually signed my signature in the yearbook in that. It's, God help me, I put a Batman symbol in lieu of my signature. Uh, The original OG Batman from 1989. Oh, oh, man, that is such a... Again, what's an my dad? What's an my mom? (laughs) I just laughed along with it. Now, if all of this sounds great, but you're from afar and you're like, you know what, I'd like to be able to, you know, maybe watch a film or support Screenland, you can do that. In fact, uh, if you go to screenlandonline.com... They have a number of films that you can rent, but if you truly want to become a member of the Screenland film family, you can go to patreon.com screenland, and they have a number of tiers to support you, but uh, one of the tiers is we do a little watch party, Nightmare Junkhead, what do you say, the... The home game? The home game. <laughs> uh, we do a thing called a shutter shout Shoutout, and then this weekend, Genius, on the 28th, that's Saturday, we have our latest where we are craving some contemporary cramptom. Mm-hmm. Cramptom? Cramptom. Cramptom. Cr- <laughs> Boing. <laughs> <laughs> Two contemporary Barbara Crampton films, and we're kicking things off with Jacob's Wife, uh-huh. which is going to be a first-time viewing for you. Yes. And I was lucky enough to see it at Panic Fest this year. And then a second film that's going to be a first-timer for both of us. Replace. I'm very curious. Mm-hmm. But anytime you add a little Barbara Crampton into the film, it makes it better. Extra spice, that makes it nice. Now, of course, those two films are streaming on Shudder. If you're not subscribed at this point, there are a number of um, codes that you can utilize. Mm-hmm. But by joining the film family here, we provide some exclusive content that includes a little bit of a pre-show. Uh, we introduce the films, mm-hmm. give a little context. We have some trailer reels for each of the films.
1: And then we have a little bit of yakety smack at the end
0: <laughs> where we are reacting to our experiences. And we've seen a number of wonderful films mm-hmm. throughout the, the entirety of the Shutter shout out. Uh, so if that sounds good, head on over to patreoncom screenland. But, genius, if we're talking Patreon and we're talking film family,
1: hey,
0: we ourselves have put together our own little weird film family in Patreon. And we got a new member, genius, uh, Google Gobble, Google Gobble.
1: One of us, one of us, I was in the middle of drinking. Well, you know what?
0: We are going to raise our glass to Jonathan Schuster. Mm -hmm. And actually, for the first time, I think in a long time, since maybe the fact that last time maybe we talked to the A to Z guys, Uh where they do have the beers for fears, I am drinking a Row Hard Root Beer. Ooh. And the only thing missing from it is an umbrella, because it just tastes like root beer. Yeah. It's fantastic. So we're drinking one for you, Jonathan, for joining our film family. Now that the tier he joined, Genius, he's at the another time tier, so he has access uh, to our recently released Friday the Thirteenth commentary. That was fun. Which going back to Camp Blood that way, I don't. I actually have a newfound kind of appreciation for that original, uh-huh. based on how it fits into the overall franchise.
1: But I also got kind of ruined it when we had the Friday Night Frights of Part Two because when Crazy Elf I warned you, you're all doomed. I was waiting for (laughs) the bicycle. I just realized plays really
0: prominently with Crazy Ralph, (laughs) where you know if you realized if you got a side story or if some auteur wanted to make like the Crazy Ralph short film, right? A day in the life of Crazy Ralph.
1: Dun 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 dun. It's a hobo version of Breakfast Machine. (laughs) Sign me up for that. Sign me up. (laughs) Well, I was just telling Jason the other day that Jason. (laughs)
0: But of course, uh, we also will be releasing our newest new horror release. And let's go ahead and uh, spoil it. You're going to be hearing our thoughts on Jacob's Wife. Mm -hmm. That and a whole lot more you have access to. But I want to give a shout out to some film family members that were at our last Friday Night Fright Genius. And we like. To as we now kind of incorporate into the intro, yeah. Best thing about Friday Night Frights is what do we do now?
1: We see all sorts of cool movies. We see old favorites and new favorites, and we see some ones that, like,
0: yeah, I've seen that. And this last one was a chance for you to see a first timer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, filling in our De Palma gap. And just go back to when we did uh, in the month of May, we focused on all the horror musicals, and I had the chance to experience Phantom of the Paradise for the first time. Mm hmm. And it's left an impression on me. So much so that I, I bought those little shorts. Okay. You I fucking mean, fucking rock
1: them, dude. I thank
0: you. No, I wear them. I wear them. I'm in my 40s, my friend. Tell I wear you, things.
1: Told you, dude, if it's Phantom of Paradise shit, you rock it.
0: <laughs> but I mean, it's left an impression. And it's one of those films I cannot wait to experience it for the first time with other people. But here on Friday, we had a chance where it's a movie that I had seen for the first time. And it was only within the last couple of years, in fact. Mm-hmm. But the unfortunate thing was I saw it for the first time on my laptop. Uh, It was about the time when Lola was still really old. She she couldn't make it down the stairs. It was just too much. So I would inevitably just go upstairs, watch something on my laptop, and that's the way it was. But I remember watching Blowout for the first time and just going, I really want to see this in the theater. And to see it in Theater One with everyone, did I hype it up too much for you? What What was your...
1: It was pretty rad, but first I gotta do full disclosure. I don't know if it was just a long day or what, but towards the middle and it was getting kind of late, and I'm not used to being a day walker, so I started kind of dozing off for about like five ten minutes. Just not to the, I didn't snore. It wasn't that deep of a sleep, so it's just like, huh, and then I just. But I really enjoyed what I saw, and I am fascinated by creepy Lithgow. There's something about it because like I'm used to him being like far quad or big booty or like something off kilter but like seeing him be like a fucking nightmare
0: full-on crazy psycho but a very subtle psychopath mm-hmm. and that's the thing he does not ham it up in this movie he's so subtle about everything and maybe that's just there. this movie is very subtle it is very slow it's very uh, methodical and the, I just the thing that I love seeing on the big screen, of course, is the the, the dual images. You'll get the split screens. Oh yeah, kind of the the split diapeter that they were doing with a lot of them. But how Travolta himself was actually handling everything like he legit looked like he knew what he was doing.
1: Mm-hmm. It worked out really good. I mean, it added the tension. I mean, there was some and there was some beautiful shots.
0: In well, that. and the fact that um, uh, Chad, Diana, and Dustin they were all seeing this for the first time as well. So shout out to all of them. But the fact that this movie. Hits you with a gunch with a gut punch. I mean, it opens so much with so much fun and flair.
1: You're like, oh. I'd watch that fucking movie, whatever movie he was doing, I would fucking watch that. That looked like it would have been an 80s classic.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I'm not gonna lie, I would have probably as well. But then when you close the way we do, though,
1: god damn, that was dark and dour. That it, was sad.
0: It, it's, it is tough, but I would argue, while I think like. Phantom of the Paradise might be his most fun film. I think this one might this one might just be more technically his best, just in terms of kind of balancing everything. On
1: aspect-wise? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And
0: just, again, a great Travolta performance.
1: And it was just kind of funny. It's heartbreaking now thinking about it, but at the beginning, when they're like, we need to find a good screen. Watch this. Oh. oh and she's just... <laughs>
0: Well, Jonathan, we if you were here, we'd hope you'd be able to enjoy that. But, you know, let us know what you think of that film. And if you would like...
1: You're fucking rad, man.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We appreciate it, Jonathan. And if you'd like to join our film family, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead, where we do indeed have uh, every tier that you need from a squiddly-diddly to another time. Another place. And we're closing out our month-long look into school-based horror, getting our learn on mm-hmm. as it is and how
1: do i reach these
0: kids? <laughs> always appreciate a good death calculus joke there. How many people let I me mean, again, we always talk about kind of the age range of our audience and the references that we can throw out with no context. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think understand a stand and deliver reference, genius?
1: 45. That many. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
0: boy, well, we we are indeed <laughs> learning things here. Um, but one of the the beauty of everything, the fact is uh we kicked things off. Stop that! Oh, that's we kicked things off with an old favorite, uh, "Hello, Mary Lou," prom night two
1: uh-huh.
0: from the '80s, where it's kind of our sweet spot, and that was that was that was inspired. <laughs> I will give you that. Uh, But we carried off into kind of more contemporary films, even though contemporary, technically, they're 10 plus years at this point.
1: Well, last time we did School Spirit, and that was a brand new um, Into the Dark from uh, Hulu. From Hulu. Again, and
0: without the podcast, I guarantee I would have never have sought out those films. But because of this, the fact that it has given us this discipline, the fact that I love the fact that we're doing these kind of themed months now, and we look into then these themes, we go, oh my goodness, I've never seen that, or, oh, let's talk about that one because we love it.
1: Or it's brand new. I mean, because like that's the great thing about school-based horror. As long as people are going to school or have been in <laughs> school, it will always be a subject of fears and anxiety and trauma and a setting for Maybe redemption or maybe revenge or something. There's always going to be something horrible about school.
0: Well, the fact that you are, your body is going through so many changes, you're struggling to figure out who you are, and that's changing every day mm-hmm. on top of just then the societal and social mores that go along with high schools. And listen, it's, it's been a long time since either of us has set foot in a high school. Yeah. And when I went to high school, it was the um, mid '90s. I was like 90, 90 to ninety-four,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: different time, truly different time. I, or I assume because I I don't it's know been what so it's like. Long, yeah. It might
1: be. It might be. It might be exactly the fucking same.
0: Yeah, I just assume with the technology now, definitely things have changed that way. But I think in the most part, you're still trying to figure out who you are. You're struggling to keep up with school work
1: mm-hmm. number one and balancing with like life work and balancing with becoming an adult and having and, responsibilities and, and shit.
0: I, again i'm not going to get everyone gross here but my when i was a teen man my hormones were the only reasons i got up and went to school was it was horrible genius i mean i was just the epitome of this just driven by now li- listen i was not creepy by any means it was all internal i am an introvert Keep keep in mind <laughs> i've been consistent but it was just that drive because I was just this typical teenage horn dog. And that's why I think I always enjoyed the boner jams growing up. Especially in the eighties when you it was a you had a plethora of boner
1: jams. Plus it was shenanigans.
0: Always shenanigans. And then that's you know when you find those horror films that kinda delve into and they mixed into each other. We're going on a phone
1: break. <laughs> Oh, bring baby
0: you can get some interesting movies. Mm-hmm. And when we were putting together this month's films and we realized we were like oh but well, there's a 300 so we're going to technically not get four we're only going to get three so we picked carefully. But this was the movie that I'm not going to say you championed but when you mentioned it I was like I've never heard of Dance of the Dead. You know how do you remember how you sold me on it?
1: Yeah, I was like it's cool. It's a zombie movie. It's <laughs> It's kind of like Pieces. It's a, a prom with, with zombies. It fits perfect. It's one of those th- underground movies where like not a lot of people have seen or talked about.
0: Well, and I, let's discuss why maybe not a lot of people have seen or talked about it. And I think, first and foremost, it's a zombie movie.
1: And the timing, yes. It came out right after, like, Almost right after the peak of the oversaturation of zombie movies, because like right after *Shaun of the Dead*, it just they seem to open up the floodgates for zombies.
0: Two thousand and four, roughly, you definitely saw more of them, especially then the success of *The Dawn of the Dead* remake. Mm-hmm. And this came out in two thousand and eight. But we mentioned it before. You know, it it's not easy to make a zombie film, but in terms of what you need to make a movie with, zombies do make it a little bit more easier.
1: Mm-hmm. So, going, back, going back to Romero.
0: Oh, yeah, completely. And again, that's
1: not a shot at there are some. No. Uh, the problem is... I, I fucking love zombie movies. It's just there's too many.
0: And I guarantee you, there are some gems out there that, sadly, I'm never going to get to experience because there are just so many of them. Because I think people either kind of cut their teeth with a film like this, this or maybe a slasher movie for the most mm-hmm. part. But what I wasn't expected, what I didn't expect in this movie was, um, number one, one of my first notes in this film and we're going to talk a little bit about the movie more in depth but man i felt old immediately and i don't think i feel old with the 80s high school films because you know usually they have adults playing teenage roles anyway but again that's when we were growing up Mm -hmm. those movies were made for us 2008 i would even say like 1990 or 2000 and beyond that's when like the kind of the, the transition starts to happen when i realize that the
1: the high school boner jams are no longer for you?
0: It's the next generation. It becomes handed down where maybe then the music is too much or... I don't
1: know, dude. You can always say the rec center.
0: You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> There's always room for boner jams no matter how the age, as long as depending on the shenanigans. I got... I always understand... I can I can see where you're coming from where we cut our teeth on a certain type of boner jam, but I've always been cool with the American Pie. Type of boner jam as well. As you see, we were talking about the transition of school-based horror. You can see the transition of school-based boner jam shenanigans. Well, so school-based this, anything. Right? So this gave me, like, the beginning of it gave me, like, an American pie feel. Like, the montages, the little, like, over-reality-hypened school <laughs> aspect of it.
0: It it felt very animated. Now, this film would not exist if it wasn't for a little production company called Ghost House Pictures, And that's the other thing I think that actually sold me on it because I am familiar with Ghost House Pictures Mm -hmm. uh, put together by Sam Raimi and Bob Tappert back in 2002. Uh, Of course, they gave us the Evil Evil Dead. Uh (laughs) uh-huh. But the fact that the Evil Dead itself, the movie, is kind of a miracle in independent filmmaking just in terms of how they put together the money, uh, pitching dentists, this and that, (laughs) Uh, the hell they put the cast through. Um, But it's become this... Horror classic, and I know their whole thing was let's give you know some
1: other independent, let's I'll give up and comers and rising stars, and... and
0: maybe a little bit more of a budget, a little bit better filmmaking conditions, potentially. Uh, but I think they actually started with let's see here. Uh, we have according to oh man, I can't read oh, the here. The Grudge, there we go. Just start. So we have the some grudge, of faves there. What are...
1: Um, ooh The Grudge 2 30 Days a Night. Um, the Messengers. I like the Messengers.
0: The Evil Dead remake.
1: Drag Me to Hell. Uh,
0: Don't Breathe. The Poltergeist remake. So not bad. So some some favorites in there because I we both really dig the Evil Dead remake. Mm-hmm. Don't Breathe. <laughs> it's not for. It's definitely not everyone's taste, so to speak. I had inch
1: Yeah, no, that's not, not for everybody. That's for sure. But
0: definitely some good films in there.
1: Thirty Days a Night is rad. Yes, that was, that's an underrated one as well.
0: Mm-hmm. But then they kind of even got even more independent. Yeah, let's go more indie. So they went underground and put together Ghost House Underground. And these are more of the ones that are independent. And that's where Dance of the Dead came from, Mm -hmm. from Ghost House Underground.
1: And they had other ones like uh, The Tattooist and Brotherhood of Blood. What else? Last House in the Woods. Uh, Dance of the Dead, of course. Ooh, The Children. The Children is a good one. The Children was a really cool one.
0: Okay so you are familiar with that then. Mm. Well that's and that's just it. I'm listening to all these I'm looking at all these titles and I realize okay that's going to be and I've seen that. Well that's and I've seen that. So again, so many films that are out there that need to be experienced because every movie that exists is someone's life mm-hmm. and they just want someone to watch it to experience it. And I'm I'm really glad I experienced Dance of the Dead. This was genuinely fun even though my first note was I feel old. <laughs> now, thankfully, that feeling left, and it transitioned wonderfully into legitimately enjoying this film. Uh, but what was your initial experience? This? Do you remember your first time watching it?
1: I think it was a blockbuster rental. It was either a blockbuster or a no. It wasn't a. It wasn't a, a DVD in the mail because I remember physically having a copy, and I remember going, "Ooh, okay, I want to rent this. See what this is all about." Because I like zombie movies a lot. And so, like, when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is cool. It's got a little bit of this. It's got a little bit of that. It's a fun movie. And I hate to say, like, I thought it was cute because it's, like, it's a cute zombie movie. But at the same time, I still think about that right now. It's a cute zombie movie.
0: Well, even back then, there weren't – you could actually even characterize, like, rom zomcoms now uh-huh. where there's it's almost its own little niche. So this is right in that sweet spot where – You have a variety of zombie-based films and throw it into... And I just assumed it was all set at the prom, and that's just the final set piece, technically. I really... My favorite parts of this movie is when I'm seeing other bits of some of my favorite zombie films in there. Oh, yeah. I saw a little bit of Return of the Living Dead 2... I saw uh Chud 2 by the Chud, mm-hmm. a little bit of Reanimator.
1: There's a little bit of class of Nukem High feel to it.
0: Trauma altogether. The yeah. fact when they set the um, I'm trying to look here, the power plant down by the by the lake, I'm like, that's pure trauma. That's um, you know, class of Nukem High. Uh-huh. That's all of that stuff. And they play this movie though so animated initially, so every character Plays like a caricature. Caricature.
1: Yeah, they're almost they're all tropes. They very you much have, are. Like, the, the super busybody queen prom uh, head of the prom. You have like the big bully who like hates everybody. The misunderstood kid. It's a variety. The of... sci-fi club.
0: The, hey Never underestimate the the power of the indoor kids. All right. <laughs> um, but at the same time, though, for me, I'm just like okay, these are all zombie chow at this point. And it wasn't until that we really get the introduction of the pure horror of the film that the film does take a turn mm-hmm. and things still stay elevated and animated. But I think by the time that, you know, the peripheral characters and everyone are kind of cut down to your main people, they do play a little bit more serious, which yes. made me, didn't totally and make me invested in the movie, but it made me care a little bit more.
1: It's still a goofy world, but their characters are still likable and lovable. Even like, Even like when assholes become good guys and teachers (laughs) become terrible people. And like, I mean, because that that teacher was fucking awful. Oh
0: my God. Well, the teacher was the worst. I, and I, that was, it bothered me actually. And it just looked like a swollen, like, swole Trujulio for the most part. (laughs) (laughs) But I couldn't tell. Initially, I thought maybe the movie was set in the 80s because I saw a lot of popped collars, just some very, and, Almost like a Napoleon Dynamite kind of vibe, like maybe an in a smaller town potentially where there's just a small pocket where that all exists.
1: It was almost I don't know about Napoleon Dynamite because that's more like off the wall, <laughs> super fucking quirky. Uh, no one was like, "I brought you a delicious sea bass," you know. <laughs> that's but fair. That's fair. It was more like I, I like again. I think it was more like the American Pie animated early, like, uh, they because they still had pop collars. I think it was the kind of, again, it's the mismatched tropes. It's like, let's take some of the tropes of the 80s with, like, oh, there's, like, the Chad whose dad owns a dealership, and he's an asshole type thing.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. And like I said, it worked initially against me at first because I wasn't prepared for that, but once you add in the elements of horror... And there were
1: some good elements of horror. The
0: initial jump scare that we get with the zombie via the camera totally reminded me of that scene from The Descent. When you get that first initial jump scare with the monster in the background, it totally caught me off guard.
1: That whole distraction. Yeah, it was a very well done. I
0: really liked it. I was totally into it. And th- we've already talked about some of the characters, and uh, listen, I had fun with them, but I uh, I don't know if any of them jumped out to be as memorable. What really stood out to me, Genius, and what really, really made the film work for me was the variety of zombies we get in this movie. And I think for the most part, with a lot of zombie movies, you get one particular style, and it kind of sets the tone for all the, what the zombies do.
1: Either shamblers,
0: or runners, or smart ones. You've, uh, maybe just a one-set style, potentially, mm-hmm. depending on your budget. From the get go, I mean, we had so we. I saw gray zombies, a la like Dawn of the Dead, back when you know Savini was really rough in it. Um, I saw like just all skull faced, my mm-hmm. um, like rotting like, ones, yeah, yeah, like Return of the Dead almost. Um, there were some of the bloodied ones. That looked a la, like, maybe almost like in an Italian film.
1: There were some fast ones. There was some slow ones. There was some shamblers. There,
0: there, d- were there
1: talkers? Yeah, there was ones going, brains. There was ones where you would just take the body parts off, and, and they, like, would... they would still, like, crawl and meander. So
0: let me ask you this. For me, that totally worked. Yeah. I had a blast with that because it didn't necessarily lock itself into one specific area. It's like, no, it could be technically... Anything,
1: Mm -hmm. And I
0: was all for that.
1: And that worked for me, too. I love that kind of stuff because, like, I'm a big fan of zombie genres anyway, and especially zombie video games. But when you have, like, because when you have multiple zombies, I'm like, okay, those are, like, boss zombies. Mm -hmm. Or those are special zombies. So I'm used to that. And I like that kind of stuff, especially when you see it in movies like that. Because... When you don't know if it's a fast zombie or a slow zombie. Because like if it's one thing, again, like if it's a shambling army, okay, cool, I can probably get away from it. If it's fast running, it's like, fuck, I'm fucked. But if it's the mixture, if you don't know if it's fast or slow, you're like, okay, I'm rolling the dice with this herd. Let's see what I'm doing. It's the,
0: You're a gambling man genius? No, no, <laughs> not a gambling man.
1: Mm.
0: Kenny Rogers would not be writing a song about you.
1: you no, know, I know when to hold him and when to fold him, and that's fucking now. I'm out. <laughs> You know, <laughs> well,
0: and then from the get go, we have, and another thing that you sold me on the movie. Yeah, I was
1: like, dude, they got a really cool scene of them rising from the grave. I'm like, it's slick.
0: And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see this. And you weren't joking. I don't know if I've seen Mm-mm. this level of the, uh, it, it, it inspired equal parts like laughter and terror.
1: Seeing these zombies like literally pop up from the ground. And, and then immediately... Like a bunch of Matthias Hughes coming around. <laughs> we eat in peace.
0: It's, t- it's terrifying. It is.
1: And there's a lot of them because they're like, poof, 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 poof. And they're just popping up all over the place. And some are shambling up and some are just trying to slowly rise and some are just... They come out like five feet in the air and hit the ground and just start running after and, your ass. And,
0: but it's also very cartoonish where you could almost imagine underneath it, you could hear like, you know,
1: uh, <laughs> like feet don't fail me now, and then just run.
0: And like I said, part of me giggled, but at the same time, looking at that is just if you were alive and those were literally coming up, you'd be terrified mm-hmm. because they're coming from the get go. Well,
1: because it even starts off silly with like the, the caretaker, the groundskeeper, Willie. And all of Cemetery Man. Cemetery, yes. I totally forgot yes. about that yeah. opening, right? So I'm like, oh, it's like almost De La Morte, De La Morte. Right? So I was waiting for Nagi to come out.
0: Thank goodness we didn't get that version of the high school. Right. That would, oh, that would have played poorly. Oh, also, warning alert. Fulci University. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay, warning alert. Second week in a row, we have got an F-bomb as well. Yeah, we
1: did. Yeah. But like I said, it sounded more natural coming out of the bully. That's fair. You know, because he's the bully. Well, so, and
0: it's all over him that he's the bully. The bully. bully
1: yeah. Especially because he's like the twenty-five year old high schooler, right? Because he's look like worn weary. He looked like he looked like uh Michael Rooker's nephew.
0: Oh God, yeah. My un- my Uncle Henry's gonna come pick me up. Is that fine? <laughs> right. It's like no, no, that's not. Please stay away.
1: No Otis, get back. Get back. Hey, Uncle Otis. <sighs>
0: One time, man, that just—it's just such an unnerving experience. It is,
1: it's awful. Dude. And
0: that's why I love the fact that <laughs> you, you, any, anyone, any kid now can go and see Henry open up this DC movie—a Mary
1: Poppins, y'all. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's
0: wonderful. Okay, back here. Uh We get a dead frog gag.
1: It was great, but it took me out because I was expecting "Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime girl." Also,
0: let's go ahead. That's a great because. I didn't see that part. And the reason I didn't see that part was uh, I was uh, attending to my toddler. Yeah. Um. Go back to last week's episode where the lovely gentleman from the Who the Hell is This For podcast came in and gave us, waxed our car a little on our 300 episodes. Uh, but they did mention that I'm like a single mom with a toddler. And I think I mentioned the fact that, yeah, it's sometimes with Charlie now, I uh, have to attend to her and I don't get to take in what's happening. And um. Oh boy, this movie genius. Um, Let me just also say... Charlie loves you.
1: I love Charlie, and it's hard for me not to play with Charlie, but I know that she's trying to learn boundaries, well, and, and like I don't necessarily want to get too licked in the face so much, especially when I'm trying to watch a movie, but I was like, okay, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, Charlie. Let's see if you can calm down and sit next to me.
0: So throughout a little bit of the film, and down here in the basement, I uh, she's got a bone, uh, she's got a squirrel toy, she's got her own water bowl. She she's ideally should be occupied. So down here sure enough she goes right over to to genius and she is just <laughs> all up in his business. And uh, and I'm just no Charlie get back get back and so I get her back finally she's chewing on her bone she's over with me. We're good. Again about 15 20 minutes later she hops down goes right over to Uncle Jay all up in his business like oh my god. So I take her upstairs and I'm not pausing the movie at this point because you know <laughs> we're trying to be productive here. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm missing stuff because I put together a kong for her. okay? And don't get me wrong, of course, when I put it together, I was like, let me see your kong.
1: That kong, 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 kong. It's horrible. I'm surprised I'm you don't like you know, start singing, could I get too high, the man who filled kong. <laughs> I will be now.
0: <laughs> Needless to say, I put together a kong of peanut butter, brought it down here, kept her occupied for about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. As soon as she's done with that, Immediately goes back, all up in your business. (laughs) So, again, I'm I'm intending to this. I'm missing stuff. For a while, she was good.
1: She She was really good for a while. She was sitting
0: right by you, and I was from afar, not watching the TV, not watching Dance of Dead at this point. I'm just keeping my eyes on her just because I might have to attend to her. (laughs) And we're just, we're looking at each other, like giving each other, like the thumbs up and everything. And then, not like three seconds later, she's (laughs) (laughs)
1: like, So needless to say, and when she wants to give kisses, she'll fucking give kisses. She, I mean, like normally I don't mind like dogs. I mean, I love dogs. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But like, like again, I said you know I know that you're trying to train her not to like yes. get all up in people's business. And also when I'm trying to walk, just blah 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 blah. Just, and I'm, so I'm trying to push her away, but she's fucking strong. She's a strong dog. <laughs> she's like no. I'm like no, no, Charlie, quit. And I'm like stop, stop, stop. And she's just like. Blah, 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 blah. She's adorable, and then when I know she'll, when you finally took her away or moved her, she'll look back like I'm just waiting for. Dun 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 dun. She's a sweet girl, but she
0: is a handful. So needless to say, I missed that part of the movie. There, genius, because (laughs) I was attending to young uh, Charlie Lana Baltimore here, but it's been enjoyable regardless. And that's the thing, though, I feel like I didn't miss out on anything no because of,
1: when he came in i'm like it's a getting ready for prom montage like all right cool got it got and then it. When, like, they, i'm like okay the frog jumped into the dude's mouth he's a zombie now okay cool
0: literally i missed the ending of the movie because of her and you're just like broke it down to me i'm like okay good i've seen because they're definitely checking off boxes of certain tropes be it mm-hmm. in a boner jam a high school film a horror film a zombie film there's a lot of boxes to check
1: and it's funny throughout
0: I, There's always, like, jokes. There there are jokes. Whether they land or not, you know, is going to be up to your taste. But, you know, I had fun with it, though. That's the thing. You know, there are certain movies that I've watched that I've gotten through. And you know us. We're a podcast of positivity here. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say anything bad. But, no, genuinely, I had fun with this. Um, I don't know if I'm going to come back to it.
1: Yeah, no, this is one of those zombie movies where, like, I like it like... I'm not gonna even as a hardcore zombie fan, and I have zombie movies in my regular rotation. Sure, this isn't going in
0: there. Well, and again, and again, that's not you know bashing on film. No, it's not, on no, no, it's at not all. knocking
1: on this thing. No, I mean, in like, fact,
0: there, there's a moment in this movie, genius, that if you, if you really want to affect me in a horror movie, uh, we've talked about it before, but actually vocalizing the actual pain you're experiencing because. It's kind of, I think, always taken for granted when you know people are being
1: stabbed and chopped up, and we're all going, "Yay!" Are you talking about the bully? The bully. It oh, hurts. Uh, yeah, it hurts. You don't expect oh. you don't expect to feel pathos from this bully that we just saw who drops like the, the, the f bomb and starts and is just being a dick from the get go. But yet, like when he says, "Am I dying?" No, you're not, liar. And then like. It hurts, and you're just like, oh, Oh, "Oh, damn, man. That
0: gets to me. I don't know what it is. It's just that, yeah, it it does hurt. Don't forget that we're, you know, given still exposition and lines, and I'm going to make you feel bad. But, yeah, it hurts for me to do this, and Mm -hmm. that always affects me. And I wasn't expecting that in this movie. Right. Uh, Especially the way the movie was going. Because
1: it's all goofy, goofy, goofy,
0: goofy. very, very goofy. And then it's
1: just that small part. And it's not like when Ed dies in, spoilers, when Ed dies in Sean, because that's all painful. Like, no. It's more like, oh, man, just as I was beginning to like you and understand you. Which
0: actually, I think, worked for the film. And that's just it. I wasn't attached to any of these characters. At any point, the, the ones that survived could have been killed in, I would have gone kind of like in a oh that's a bummer, but that's part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And but that's okay with a film like this. I mean, they've got certain set pieces that they're built around. Uh, the fact that we get some great um, you know a song soothes the savage beast with our punk band
1: that has to play for like five hours.
0: And for a punk band, let me tell you, that's tough because you know that's lo- a thousand
1: songs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the entire Ramones catalog five, six, seven times. You
0: got Black Flag. And problem is they're a Descendants cover band, so their entire catalog takes like five minutes, unfortunately. Yeah. But no, they were legitimately filming. In fact...
1: But then when the zombies had smiles, when yes. they were just happy, when ah. they... Which
0: Return of the Living Dead 2 has that aspect. And then at the very beginning, when they're auditioning... The guy at the very end, who is <laughs> what, the, legitimately the big nerdy, loving?
1: yeah, the big nerdy, gangly teacher. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. He's like <laughs> having a ball.
0: That was what re- that worked for me. That's what actually let me go. I'm in for the film.
1: Well, and also like, as goofy and as silly as it is, it's still played by it, the r- rules that other ones have set up, and it played smartly. Like when we were talking about the bully died, and everybody was like, oh, it's sad. One of them cared like, hey. Did he die with a zombie bite? We should oh. probably take care of that right now.
0: And you got to think—I think everyone in the room at that point had beef with the bully.
1: Mm-hmm. Everybody had beef with that bully. So you
0: had to imagine there was some level of catharsis <laughs> of just taking it out. Like that's the ultimate, you know, psychotherapy session. Mm-hmm. And just take your, th- you know, take your aggression out on the bully. But we're doing the society good because we're taking care of a
1: zombie. And then the um, the green beret coach. Who okay. I thought was Henry Rollins,
0: <laughs> like the yeah the, the 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 weird offspring of a squidly a Squidly Diddly of uh, Henry Rollins and Alan Arkin maybe, <laughs> um, but his character, which he gets the great lines, he's you know supplies everyone with weapons. You open up his little tool shit. He's is that a Confederate flag we Oh he hanging yeah, he's up?
1: not a good person because he <laughs> drops another like
0: the the, the yeah he's, he's he uses the word queer and not not in a, in a good way. Yeah, no, no, it's a. Uh, And I was just, at one point I was like, yeah, you know, but in 2009, and is that to give just the character a little bit more, you know, the fact that he's also going to go on a journey at this point, and maybe he's going to learn a lesson? Is he kind of like that Clint Eastwood-esque character?
1: Yeah, he's the one, (laughs) he's not quite Gran Torino, he's more like Grand Edition, like
0: just... And, And he provides the the gearing up montage that we get. Mm-hmm. Again, all these boxes that we're checking here. And
1: it's funny, again, there's jokes, because meanwhile they're having somewhat of a heart-to-heart type situation. Yeah. They're like, hey, how are you still alive? And what happened? in giving exposition, like, oh, we were playing in the band for five hours. Meanwhile, in the background, the coach is just going fucking ham on the group of zombies, having a time of his fucking life, like <laughs> fucking ripping off arms and stabbing other zombies with the arms. We
0: got a Mortal Kombat... Uh,
1: Fatality, three. a couple of them, actually. And the Practical effects were fun. They were good and they were handled well.
0: I, I really did enjoy that. That was and it, it's a nice combination because at that time, you know they could have gone. could have
1: gone south and they could have gone digital. They could have gone south on both ends. No, I there's but even when like the guy gets cut in half and his legs yeah. are still running around. I was waiting for yakety sacks. Well, it was <laughs> that that
0: made me chuckle because there was kind of a scamper mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. So there was mirth. You were just missing a la 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 la. That was the if you was scampering <laughs> up to <laughs> that la,
1: la, la, la. <laughs> Come along with me, you my bugger. They're just going around shooting <laughs> shit, just killing zombies. I'm wondering if
0: Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer ever made a horror movie.
1: What if they work with Fulci? <gasps> oh, oh no. <laughs> he just bonks people and their, and eyeballs, their eyeballs pop, pop out. out. <laughs>
0: You got Fabio Fritzi doing the cover of Dune Buggy?
1: I'll frog Rocky it'd be rad.
0: Come along beside my cat hole. la 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 la
1: la 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 la. Wow. <laughs> Better,
0: I, so dark and spooky I'm, I'm actually said. kind of upset we didn't get that now. I'm really <laughs> upset about this. This is legitimately bumming me out now. Those are two universes that sadly did not combine. I, they were way too family friendly. It like I don't so. think they could uh, let Fritzi well anywhere no, near them. Theoretically, or
1: Abbott and Costello could fucking fight Frankenstein and Dracula. I'm sure fucking. Well, maybe not Italian Frankenstein and Dracula. It couldn't be
0: anything Italian, man. No, it's gonna be because
1: there's too much nudity and blood. Fucking. Some... <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's that was that was good. That was good. No. Um. <laughs> to to transition back into Dance of the Dead. <laughs> Shenanigans. It was the shambling. It was the shambling.
1: It was a lot of shenanigans. That was, that was the good thing about it. That was shenanigans throughout. And again, uh, more of them hit than missed. Yeah. It,
0: yeah. Yeah. It, was. It,
1: yeah. You're yeah. right. It's... it's, it's it, I, was it was the, a mirthful movie. It was a cute... It, it didn't take itself too seriously at all. No. And it knew that it was going to be kind of funny and silly. And so it's like, okay, let's just well, have fun with it.
0: And that's just it. I went in wanting to be entertained I and especially with any first-time zombie movie, ideally at this point, I do need to see something new. The rise and run scene—that was slick. That worked for me. That was slick. Now there's a uh, a out scene in this movie that we've seen this before. Uh, Dead Alive does a great one, but the context and the way the particular scene works, where you get the kind of the nerdy kid and the, the, the cheerleader, cheerleader, uh huh, and she's been bit, which a nice little bubble effect, physical, practical. Mm-hmm. And I, we were both kind of like, deal like, breaker?
1: No, not a deal breaker. But, oh, I mean, I actually for me, I, if I knew that she got bit, no, I would be a deal breaker. But if I got bit too, uh, it would be like that. Like, well, I that yeah. would turned into well, just I was gonna say, a nom fest.
0: Because this is the second day in a row now uh, after watching um, uh, Frightmare where there is tongue trauma in really? a film. Yes. Uh, a character's uh, tongue is pulled out. Here it's bitten off. Which great little scene he transforms and then we get that great scene of them just
1: just ripping tearing. each other apart
0: yeah so that made me giggle and i was like okay that's i needed something a little bit different to that
1: again it's funny i mean and, and the jokes are silly i mean seriously you have the the science teacher being killed by the animals okay. that come back to life
0: the science teacher in that entire sequence when he's uh dressing Berating. down
1: God, oh my he's God, he's such an asshole in that, in that it's scene. It's horrible. He's awful. Because it was just finished of a light and mirthful, like, oh, it's teenage high school. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And then, like, you will fucking fail. You're a loser, and everybody hates you. And you're like, goddamn, teacher.
0: Which, you know, at this point, you're setting up, you need the comeuppance. You know, who's going to get the teacher? Who's going to dispatch of them? What's going to happen to them?
1: And it's Michigan J. Frog. <laughs>
0: but it only attacks if people are not around. Right. That's what happened. It's a problematic zombie frog. Hello, my zombie. Hello. (laughs) The uh, body bag gag uh, in the funeral home was
1: very uh, Return, and it was very cool.
0: It was, and I also got a very much reanimator vibe during that sequence, so they're also saying, okay, do you enjoy the 80s zombie films? Well, here's a little Easter egg, but not a total Easter egg. It's just, these are nice homages, because... Mm -hmm their their own thing and it's not totally what they're aping
1: right it's, again it's the turbo kid versus yeah. the kung fury aspect of it and this this one kind of like shawn of the dead wears its heart of these movies on its sleeve
0: and i think that's why i enjoyed the movie so much is there's no snark involved yeah they genuinely wanted to make a teenage zombie. high school yeah, zombie.
1: zombie movie <laughs> uh, z- did you attend prom genius no you didn't no and it's not because I didn't, it's, it's because, one, I was like, man, I'm not going to get dress up all fancy and spend $80 and shit, I have got a date, I'm going to go fucking party though. So I went to the after parties mm-hmm. and I hung out with all my friends at the after parties before, I think I went to the movies and grabbed some dinner and just fucking had a ball. Dude, you, you did it right. Yeah. God I just damn. went to the parties, yeah, so.
0: Well, I, damn, no, it makes me wish I did, I would have hung out with you back in that day, man. I, I did go to my senior prom and.
1: No, I went to homecomings, but I didn't fucking go to prom.
0: Well, maybe it was a, a day. I, anyway, I think I went to my senior prom with, I did go to a dance, whether or not it was my prom or not, but it was two dates, uh, both friends. We all left by ourselves, uh, needless to say, so I didn't have those kind of like adventures or shenanigans that right. I was promised with all the films that I grew right, up with. Right,
1: right. It was it like
0: was very tame and kind of boring. And I'm was, thinking, I'm
1: saving myself from my shenanigans for college. And then it's like, I should have been
0: watching a movie about shenanigans instead of just, you know, pacing by myself and just having my little internal monologue. No, it was non remarkable. So I always appreciated the movies that were a little bit bombastic with that. And mm-hmm. yeah, this worked. And then the end set piece, where, you know, they bring everything down
1: the titular Dance of the Dead,
0: the Dance of the Dead, which I thought was the entirety of it, I, it actually worked. And the metal band coming back to the dance, uh, we get the whole uh, Shadows of the Night cover.
1: And it's funny because, like, the band is fighting the zombie band, so it's Battle of the Bands. I appreciated that.
0: Little bits and pieces like this that made the movie, for me, very memorable. And yeah. I'm a good first-time watch. Just, again, just one that I can check off my list now of just charming little zombie films that, you know, just fell between the cracks.
1: Yeah. I mean, I personally, it's not one of my all-timers. You know, I'm not going to like, oh, the fucking Dance of the Dead is one of the best zombie movies of all time, you know? But at the same time, Dance of the Dead. When we were talking about like Dance of the Dead, is a good movie. It's a good school-based zombie movie. It's a great. It's a good zombie movie if you just want to see a new zombie movie you've never seen. Just it, or just a good way to kill the afternoon. It's one of those you can even have out in the background because you're gonna see something silly or irreverent or funny or zombieistic and good blood splatter.
0: And also, then ideally, one of those films that'll draw you in. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. So. Thank you for the recommendation, man. That is always appreciated. Uh, and now, here in the month of September, we. Ooh, and it's streaming on To Be. To Be or Not To Be? To Be or Not To Be. And you also picked it up over at Vintage Stock. Mm-hmm. Love it. See, physical media kids. Yep, yep. Always to your advantage. Now, you, my friend, are responsible. For the entirety of next month's programming, mm-hmm. tell us a little. Give us a hint of what's coming up here in the month of September, genius.
1: Ooh, we're going to have some fun. We are going to celebrate Latino Heritage Month of September by focusing on movies either starring, written by, directed by, or something with a Latino flair. And we're going to start off with friend of the podcast's awesome Gigi Salguerrero's wonderful Taste of Americana, Culture Shock.
0: And I'm really looking forward to revisiting that. Um, looking forward to everything that we've got lined up here in the month of September. So thank you also mm-hmm. for that there. And again, thank you everyone out there that has been listening, supporting us through three hundred some odd episodes, and then again three hundred some odd episodes. And we're still finding fun new shit. Best part of the podcast, my friend. Right. So until the next time, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams.
1: We're running with the show.